Psalm 136. I want to tell you a little story. Uh, we walked away with a little bit, uh, with a few stories. I'll, I'll save another one for Sunday, but when we were in Georgia, uh, we went to a place, I can't remember the name of it, it's like Peach World or something, and, and it was Peach World. So we walked in, and I mean, as soon as you walked into this place, there was this, uh, I don't know if she was a teenager or if she was 20 years old, but she was just going on and on and on. She was trying to sell us on everything. Anything I've turned and looked my eyes upon, she's like, well, that one's buy one, get, get a second one half off, and then people love that one. It's flying off the shelf. I'm like, okay, thank you. And then I turn to this, and she's right behind me. Well, that one's, to, you know, so at some point, I started making kind of, not fun of her, but I started joking and uh, was like, wow, you really are a salesperson, aren't you? I've never been attacked like this in a peach store before. And uh, so, I mean, just one thing after another. And she, she, she started laughing. She goes, you know what? I am so glad you're funny because usually um, people aren't as funny with age. And I said... I said, wow, thank you so much. And she's like, you're welcome. And she, I think she meant it so sincerely. I said, you know what, you made my day. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's uh, the, the next Georgia story. We'll, we'll have to wait till Sunday, and it has to do with my wife's accent. So uh, we'll talk about that Sunday. All right, look at Psalm 136. Psalm 136. I didn't think I was that old, but we're going to start in verse 1, and we're going to go to verse 26. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. To him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that smote Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endureth forever. And brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endureth forever. With a strong hand and with a stretched out arm, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which divided the Red Sea into parts, for his mercy endureth forever. And made Israel to pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endureth forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which smote great kings, for his mercy endureth forever. And slew famous kings, for his mercy endureth forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endureth forever. And Og the king of Bashan, for his mercy 
endureth forever, and gave their land for an heritage, for his mercy endureth forever, even an heritage unto Israel his servant, for his mercy endureth forever, who, remem- who remembered us in our low estate, for his mercy endureth forever, and hath redeemed us from our enemies, for his mercy endureth forever, who giveth food to all flesh, for his mercy endureth forever. O give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Lord, thank you for your salvation through your Son. Thank you for your grace. Father, thank you for your mercy in saving us and calling us to yourself and redeeming love. Father, how precious that blood is, Lord, that covers all our sin, where you have redeemed us, you've restored us, you've given us hope, Father, and you have given us promises of the eternal life that you have given us and provided through your Son. We give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. The title, the message, is Our God Who Remembers. Now, our passage is going to be in verse 23. We're going to look at that more specifically, but it's going to go over, uh, kind of in a broad sense, the Psalm 136. If you notice verse 1 through 9, it dealt with creation. The psalmist deals with creation. And in, in verse 10 through 15, he deals with them being redeemed out of Egypt, out of bondage. And then in verse 16, about their wilderness wanderings, the Lord's mercy endures forever. And then, well, verse 16 through verse 22 is the wilderness and the Lord fighting for them. And in verse 23 through 26, we see the Lord's provision. And so verse 23, we're going to focus on who remembered us in our low estate for his mercy endureth forever. Now, the word remember in the Hebrew, it means to be mindful of, to have thoughts towards, or to remember. Uh, One thing as we look at this word, we don't define the word remember as if God forgot something and then he suddenly remembered. No, what this word means when it refers to the Lord is the Lord is faithful to his eternal decrees. The Lord is faithful to all that he has already planned in his providence and in his sovereignty to do. His grace, his love, all of these things. So when it says that he remembers us, that's what it is. It's not that he forgot and then all of a sudden, oh, it came to mind. No, he's faithful to perform what he has already determined to perform. And so when God remembers us in our lowest state, he's faithful to perform what he's already uh, determined to perform upon the objects of his love. And that is us. So he's already determined to love us. He's already determined to to not leave us nor forsake us. He has done all those things already in the predeterminate counsel of his will, and he has remembered to do that. Now, uh, contrast that with man. Well, we forget things all the time. And 
that has to do with, in part with depravity. Uh, it also has to do in the part with the, just the deterioration of our bodies. But what's amazing are the things that we do remember, that sometimes we don't want to remember, and then things we remember from childhood. I don't know how many of you all remember like nursery rhymes or little things or just little uh, poems or, or songs. I can remember learning a song about the heart in high school. I still know it to this day. It has no application to my life, but I know it like that. But yet we forget bigger things. We, for, we forget a, a sermon, or, or we forget the Word of God, or we forget a memory verse, or, or we forget to be thankful. And there's so many things that as we uh, deteriorate or that we are sin-cursed that we do forget. But God does not forget. Let us never forget that God does not forget. And so that is what our text is about. Now, it says here in verse 23, he has remembered, who has remembered us in our low estate. The first three times, now I love this, the the first three times in scriptures that the word remembered is used, it's used in reference to God. Now, you don't have to turn there. Let me just give you these three references. Genesis 8.1. It says, And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. In Genesis 9.16, it says, And the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And the third time, it says, And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham. So God is faithful in his remembrance. Now the first time we read about it with man is in Genesis 40, 23. And it says, Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. So that kind of sets that up to be, excuse me, my throat's, um, that, that, that sets that up that we see the first time of man forgets. God does not forget. And you know what's beautiful about God, not only does not forget, but his thoughts are continually on us. And they are precious towards us. Uh, flip over the Psalm 139. It's not that far. And look at verse 17. <coughs> Psalm 139, verse 17. He says, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more number than the sand. When I awake... I am still with thee. God's thoughts are continually on us. God does not forget. And his thoughts are precious towards us. And isn't that just encouraging? Doesn't that lift you up? Doesn't that lift your heart up? Especially when we're surrounded by the things that it just seems like Uh, death is winning and darkness is out there and everything is just going and spiraling and just one thing after another. But we know that God's thoughts are always on you. They're precious towards you. God's got this. 
God's on his throne. And just, uh, I mean, what a blessing. What a blessing we have as God's people. The world doesn't have, the lost world doesn't have that kind of hope. They have no escape from darkness. They have no light that's shining in their heart in dark times. And how God's thoughts are always on you. And they've always been on you. He's never changed. Because he remembers. Now, and we know that God is infinitely wise and the Lord knows us and he's immutable and he changes not. But in our verse, he gives us a context of when God remembers us. He remembers us in our low estate. Now, the writer of the Psalms is talking specifically about what we had talked about, the creation in verses uh, 1 through 9, and then Egypt. He's talking specifically about Egypt. Now, remember, when Egypt was in bondage, uh, I'm sorry, when Israel was in bondage to Egypt, it was 400 years. It was a nation of oppression, a nation that were slaves, a nation that were uh, afflicted, people that were afflicted. I mean, oppression is, is the inability to, in your power to fight another power that is oppressing you. So the Israel in Egypt did not have the power to overthrow the affliction that was being thrown upon them. And so we see that, that they became a nation of lashes, of merciless taskmasters. And, I mean, uh, you're just talking about suffering. But it says that God remembered them. In verse 10, it says, To him that smote Egypt and their firstborn, verse 11, and brought out Israel from among them, in verse 12, with a, might, or with a strong hand and with a stretched out arm. And so we see that God had remembered them. Now, why did God remember Israel? Well, because of his covenant. God made a covenant with Abraham in Exodus 2. And God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God had respect unto them. That word respect is consideration. He delivered them with a high hand. A high hand normally is used in, as an expression that it means a hand that's uplifted that delivers a blow. So we know that the bondage which Israel was in for 400 years typifies the bondage of sin. The bondage which they had, they were powerless under the taskmasters. They were powerless. They were oppressed. They were not able to come out from underneath that bondage. It is the same bondage that we have of sin. So not only was it physical Israel, but we have here a spiritual truth here as well that he remembered us in our low estate. Low estate means condition, our low condition. And so not only did God deliver Israel physically from bondage, but he has delivered us, his children, from bondage, from the bondage of sin. And how did he do it? He did it with a mighty hand, with, by his grace. I mean, we all can say we've been saved from condemnation. We've been saved from 
misery. We were unable to lift ourselves up. In our lowest state, that is our nature. That was our depravity. Uh, we could not reach God. We could not please God in our own self. Ephesians 2.3 says we were by nature children of wrath. The Bible says that we were dead in our sins and trespasses. And Jesus had said this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. But he, for everyone that doeth evil, hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Every lost person, that's every lost person, they're condemned. Because they love their sin more. They love the darkness more. And which is ironic considering how much we hate the darkness during the winter, don't we? I mean, we love the light a lot more. But it's the opposite when it comes to men, lost people. They love the darkness more. They don't want the light of Christ. They don't want the light of truth. They don't want these things to shine upon their lives, um, which is remarkably sad because it's dark. And it is dark indeed. I mean, they have no direction. They have no sense. They have no purpose. They, they have no hope in this life. But just that was the way sin is. And that's the way that Israel was in bondage in Egypt. But what happened? From our lowest state, God's grace raised us. In Psalm 42, it says, He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my going. Ephesians 2, 4 says, God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead and sinned, even in our lowest state of depravity and sin, and not thinking about God, being hostile towards God, he loved us. Even in our sins, he quickened us. He made us alive. He brought us to life. And, and he has quickened us together with Christ, for by grace are you saved. Now, why would God do that? Why did he uh, rescue Israel? Because he remembered his covenant. Why did God save me? Because he remembers his covenant with Christ. Before the world ever began, there was a covenant made with Christ. And Jesus talks about this in John chapter 6. He says... John chapter 6, verse 37, All that the Father giveth to me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me in no, wise, in, in no wise I will cast out. He says, For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will. Jesus came down to do the Father's will. And he tells us what the Father's will is. John six thirty nine. This is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given to me, I should lose nothing, but raise it up at the last day. That was Jesus' pledge. It's still his pledge today. That he shall lose nothing, and he shall raise it up in the last day. God has remembered his chosen in Christ. Before the world ever began, before the foundations of the world... God had made the pledge, made an oath within himself. He's immutable. He cannot change. That he would save me. He would pour out his mercy. 
And not only the mercy that He had upon me, that He saved me, but His mercy endures forever and ever and ever and ever through Christ. Oh, what a, what a great, great mercy. What a great Lord. What a great grace. How we can go home with our hearts swollen. And, and thank you, for, thank you for all your gifts. God remembered his chosen in Christ. He has chosen us before him for the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless with, uh, before him in love. We've been from condemnation to eternal life. So we see in verse 23, this lowest state is not just in our depravity, not just in our, our, in our state of being lost and in the bondage of sin and him restoring us. We've been We've come from condemnation to justification. We came from darkness to light. But it also, the psalmist is also referring to the wilderness wanderings. In verse 16, to him which led his people through the wilderness, the Lord remembers his own. Now, we see the Lord faithful to Israel in the wilderness. But if you've been with us in Hebrews, you also see that the Lord was grieved by those who are in the wilderness. The, the life which we live, we see that the people, examples of, of people that were impatient and disobedient. They were impatient and disobedient and it grieved the Lord. They hardened their hearts against God. They disobeyed and God was grieved with them. And God answered him, them in his, in his wrath. But we also see examples of those who had hope. Who had hope and they had faith. They believed in faith. They believed in God. And so we also see examples of them in the wilderness. As we walk this Christian life, we're going to have trials of faith. And many times, I mean, the trials of faith is an eye-opener. It should be to every person who's honest. Here's a trial of faith. Do, do we turn to the Lord in trust? Do, do we believe the Lord so much so that we're willing to turn our back on things that we know the Lord is not pleased with? And we, we're burdened in our hearts. Lord, help me. Father, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me where I fail. You, you know, the Lord knows we're sinners because he had to save us by his grace. But he has put us upon a solid rock and he's established our goings. But do we, when we come to that trial of faith, do we turn from him in unbelief? Do, are we impatient? Or do we have the patience of hope in our hearts? We turn to the Lord. We know God's on his throne. We know God is provident. His providence, I mean... Whatever he does, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. And all things are for his glory and his purpose. And Lord, I, I don't know why this thing happened to me. But I know, Lord, you're going to use it. I don't know how yet. I may never know how God is going to use this. But I know he is. I know he is. And what I need to do is just turn to the Lord, trusting in him. He's got everything under control. He's got it all under control. 
And so that releases us, doesn't it? I mean, it releases us from, from worry. It releases us from those things. And that's what happened in the wilderness. They were hungry. The, they, they, needed, they had needs. Well, what does the Bible tell us? The Lord knows you have needs. Our God will supply you with your needs through the, the glory which is in Christ. I mean, he's rich, rich in glory. There's trials, there's disappointments, there's losses, there's afflictions, there's darkness, and all these things. But we know in Romans chapter 5, we know that the Lord in those times, that he sheds his love abroad in our hearts, and he gives us a peace that passes all understanding. And we turn to him, and we know that those, these trials work patience, and patience hope, and patience and hope in an experience and all these things, that is our wilderness wonder. That is us on our Christian walk. The Lord remembers our low estate. He remembers our trials. He knows. He's mindful. His mind is precious towards us. He, it is precious towards the things we're going through and we're struggling in life. He's mindful of those things. Men forget God does not. He knows who he purchased with his own blood. And if he gave his son, why wouldn't he also not also freely give us all things? He does not forget. And uh, no matter what you're going through, you know, and I was thinking earlier, you know, you don't have to go, you don't have to be on the same, the same boat as Paul going to Rome and getting hit with this massive hurricane to be going through a similar storm in your life. It just seems like it's one thing after another, crash. There's, you don't see land, you don't see light, you don't see anything. And, and, but what did Paul do? Everybody else was horrified, afraid, and they lost hope. They were in despair because they thought, you know what? This is winning. My problems are winning. This, the darkness is winning. But Paul stood up, and oh, in all confidence, he said, look unto me, and then he prayed. And with all faith, he prayed unto the Lord. And it relieved people. Even Luke, who wrote that passage, it relieved their hearts. It brought them hope. And isn't that the same that, you know, you're in this hurricane, you're in this, this thing, and this tempestuous and, and everything, well, we can stand in these things, and we know that we know the master of the sea, that it's the Lord. And it's a great hope that we have, and, you know, we, we can press forward. Now, let me keep going. There's one last thing, that a low estate in our bondage, he remembered us. A low estate in our trials and afflictions and, and the needs that we have every day. But there is also going to be a low estate when it comes to death. He will remember us in death. He'll be mindful of us. His thoughts will be precious to us. Psalm 48, 14 says, For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. I believe when, when death comes, I believe the Lord's going to guide us all the way home. 
He's going to carry us all the way home. I honestly believe when they stoned Stephen and Stephen looked up and saw the glory of Christ just sitting there, I believe that's going to be my vision. I believe that's going to, I believe that's going to be your vision. I believe when, when death comes, he'll be there the whole way. Even if others forsake you, even if you're alone and somehow you find yourself in the Atlantic Ocean drowning, he's going to be there. He's going to be there all the way. And the word of God tells us that. The Lord will remember his own. He won't forget. He's faithful. And 1 Thessalonians 4, what a beautiful passage we all love. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. He's faithful. He will remember. Oh, let us never forget that we're in a reign of life. Even when it seems like death is winning. Even when it seems like darkness is winning. That this reign of sin and death, by God's grace, we have overcome. He, we have overcome through Christ. And we are now in a reign of life. It says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, there'll be a trumpet. There'll be the last trump. The trump will sound and the dead in Christ shall rise. And then the incorruption will put on or corruption will put on incorruption, and we will all be changed. So he will remember us in our time of death. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. God, who has remembered us in our low estate, in our low conditions, whatever they may be, because his mercy endureth forever. And what we sometimes forget is that God never forgets. Though death is around us, our bodies are going through what they're going through, our bodies are forsaking us. What does the word of the Lord say? Our bodies are sown in dishonor, but they're raised again in honor. And that they are sown in weakness, but they're raised in power. They're sown in corruption, and they're raised incorruptible. And that is the promise of the Lord. And his mercy will endure forever. Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. If you believe in God, believe also in me. And he will, where he is, there we will be also. What a day that'll be. What a day that'll be. So as so we go home, you know, let's celebrate Brother Ron home. Let, let's celebrate Sister Jamie home. Let's celebrate Sister Terry home and Brother Billy and Marshall and Jesse and, and Henry Huddleston and, and all those that, that the Lord has taken home. And we just praise the Lord for the hope that we have before us. We have an anchor of the soul, and it's Christ. The same God who spoke all things into existence and, and he keeps it all together. He's going to keep us. And he's going to guide us all the way home. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for the comfort you give us of the Holy Spirit. That we come to you crying, Abba, Father, in our times of grief and loss. And Father, you, we know that you are acquainted with our grief and sorrow. Father, we pray, Lord, that you just fill our hearts. Give us peace. Give us comfort.
We do pray for the, the Brother Ron's family. Lord, we know Brother Ron's home with you now. And, Lord, we're going to miss him. But, and you know, Father, what an encouragement he was to us. But, Father, we, we are celebrating for him. For you have called one of your sheep home. And we know one day, Lord, that you will call us home to be with you forever. Father, may we just worship you and, and praise you in these days and be honoring to you. Father, may we be a help. May you use us to be a help, to be an encouragement to someone. Father, may you use us to also lead others to you, that you have one of your lost sheep. Father, we'll, we'll praise and give you the glory. It's for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name, amen.